It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black, and this morning I'm talking to Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowen Associates. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Brian. So, uh, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. It was uh, so you were uh, you, you had a pretty relaxing one. Did you did you spend all your time in the office doing bankruptcies and gun trusts? Uh, no, I didn't. I I was able to get out. I had a daughter and a brother that uh, came down to Vegas, and we celebrated their birthdays. And so we I spent the whole weekend just having fun. Okay, good. Well, it's time to get back to work. Uh, Unfortunately, today we're going to talk about something that uh, is probably on somebody's mind right now. Uh, this time of year is very very. Um, uh, it's, it's common for people to be filing bankruptcies in the month of January. Can you tell us why? Well, uh, it, the, the slow time for filing typically is November, December, mm-hmm. and then after the credit card bills start coming in and the realization that uh, some pe- that to, to some people that they have fallen into the credit trap uh, hits them like mm-hmm. a ton of bricks, and then they realize that, the finances are just not going to work as they exist, and so they have to look for some solutions. Otherwise, they are buried in debt with with uh, with uh, that desperate feeling of helplessness. Oh my and gosh! That's what causes a lot of people to consider bankruptcy this time of the year when the credit card bills uh, come in uh, after. Uh, maybe perhaps a little overspending right. in the previous months. Exactly. Well, you know, the thing about it is is that, you know, bankruptcy is something that uh, it uh, it's not something you want, but it's not necessarily the worst thing you can do either. No, it's a, it's a financial tool. It's it's there. I mean, we've had bankruptcy for you know, almost as long as the country has existed. Um, and if if in a financial system that operates on capitalism, mm-hmm. it encourages people to take risks. Right. And, and you have to also have a, a, a financial tool that allows you, someone, to um, overcome perhaps bad luck, uh, bad things that happen that are completely out of our control. And, and so there's a, there's a – um, the bankruptcy kind of goes hand in hand with capitalism. In fact, it's funny, you uh, gave us a list uh, right before the show, and, and there's some interesting names of people who have filed bankruptcy uh, in the history of our country. Number one on the list, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, yes, he, he filed bankruptcy due to business failures. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of politicians, there's several politicians on here. Thomas Jefferson, he filed uh, after leaving office due to large debt. Mm-hmm. Um, George McGovern, uh, J. Fife's... Uh, Smite, the governor of Arizona. <laughs> Symington? Symington, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, still in office. It's still in office filing bankruptcy. Yes, and it's kind of ironic because uh, some politicians that we know very well have went into politics uh, uh, not having very much wealth coming out of it. Right. Multimillionaires. And and so apparently they didn't didn't know how to play the political game or right. whatever. Well, and you know it's like you say it's a financial tool and it's it's meant to give you some breathing room to recover so that you're not just being constantly uh, pummeled by creditors. I mean, uh, Donald Trump has filed several times over the years and, and very famously so. Yes, he has. He he 
he makes the distinction between filing a bankruptcy uh, on his corporation's uh, Chapter 11 versus a, a Chapter 7 or a right. Chapter 13 that individuals file. Exactly. Not but a yes. personal bankruptcy, but, but, but yes, his companies. It, it, it was a bankruptcy, you bet. So uh, what we're talking about here today is is bankruptcy as a tool to protect you from creditors when something's gone wrong, whether it was your fault, whether it was out of your hands. Um when somebody needs to file bankruptcy, uh, what are the first signs? What, what, what shows you that you need to consider this? Well, the, the first sign uh, is when you sit down and you write out, start writing out your bills and there is not enough money to cover your bills. Okay. And, and there is a feeling of desperation that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I, a lot of people have fallen into the credit trap. I always uh, say that... Credit card companies will give us enough rope to hang ourselves. Right, and um, and, and that's true. The, the a lot of people look at a thousand dollar purchase on a credit card as ten dollars a month. Right, and who can't afford ten dollars a month? And then with all the creditors getting on the bandwagon, and all of a sudden you have ten, fifteen, twenty cards that you have available access. Right. It is an easy trap to fall in, and it's it's. It's like quicksand. Once you get in, without you know hitting the lottery or a significant increase in 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 income, right? Uh, it it can be devastating. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, and I, and I'm certainly not immune to this. But if you can't afford it today, you're probably not going to be able to afford it tomorrow. Uh, so you know, at least not you know in the foreseeable future. Yes, and and usually when you get to that point. Things don't usually get better. Right. You miss a payment, and all of a sudden, these credit card companies have a default rate. Mm-hmm. So now, what might be a reasonable rate skyrockets. Right. And and then you you just it's you just can't get ahead. And oh, okay. it's uh, at that point, um, it, it it's time to consider some alternatives, some options. Well, okay. So an individual has has reached the end of his rope as uh, financially he's he doesn't or he or she doesn't have the money to pay their bills. What's the next step? Well, I think the next step is to to be realistic and and explore options and make an appointment with a um, an attorney to discuss the options. There there are a lot of options. Bankruptcy isn't the only option. Okay. There and and when we talk about bankruptcy, there's there's different kinds of bankruptcies. Okay. And just in the in the case since uh, we are talking about you, you being uh, an attorney at Brian A Loan Associates, that first contact, that consultation is free for the first one, right? It is. It's a, an opportunity for the clients to come in, sit down, talk to me. I get to talk to them. Attorney a client relationship is a two-way thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't <laughs> um, take clients right. uh, all the time. It, it's a, it's a two-way thing. Yeah, so they, they've got to be the kind of person you want to do business with. It, it gives them the opportunity to to meet me, uh, find out a little bit about bankruptcy, uh, give them enough information that they can make an informed decision. Okay. And they need to know what what bankruptcy is all about, what happens in bankruptcy, what you what you risk losing, um, what the trustee's function is, and bankruptcy is not something that you generally talk to families and fr- friends about right. because it's kind of a personal thing, and oh, then yeah. sometimes you you don't want to share those kind of things with family well, members or friends. Yeah, well, you don't want to worry them on one side, and then of course there is there is maybe even unjustifiably a stigma attached to it. There is a stigma attached to it, um, 
and and it's it's unfortunate because on that list there were there were the politicians and there was a list of famous celebrities. Sure. And um, it's surprising to see um, a person that's on the radio uh, with a financial show is not <laughs> immune to the bankruptcy procedure because. He had, had gone through one, too. Right. Um, uh, Walt Disney, another good example there. And, and we can't, you know, that was obviously the right thing for him to do at that time because it turned out pretty well. It, 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 it can turn out very, very well. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't do society any good for someone to be stuck in a financial situation that they, that they can't get out of. It, it's, a, it's a burden not only on the creditors that may not get paid in full, but it's a it's a it's a burden on the rest of us. It's it's not a good situation for people to be mired in debt uh, with no way to get out of it, and that's why we have bankruptcy. So the an individual comes to see you. They sit down for that first initial consultation. You get some information about their situation, and then you can just lay it out for them. Yes, and you just show them, you know, hey, this is what I can do for you. This is how much it's going to cost. What do you think? Exactly. Um, I I've been doing bankruptcies here for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all of the original bankruptcy trustees have now retired. We've got we've got new bankruptcy trustees. The, the bankruptcy has changed significantly since um, since I started practicing. There was a, a huge um, revision of the bankruptcy laws that happened in 2005, changed things the, the way things uh, worked in bankruptcy. Um, but yes, that initial consultation is is the first step to pulling yourself out of that quicksand. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the next steps you'll take if you uh, decide that bankruptcy is the right financial tool for you. If you have a question for Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call at 702-257-5396. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. Bankruptcies on the rise at the beginning of the year, as usual, for Las Vegas and all over the country. We're talking to Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe and Associates, and we're talking about personal bankruptcy today. And, uh, you know, as we talked about just a few minutes ago, when you've reached the end of your rope and you're looking at your bills at the end of the month and you're writing checks and there's just not enough cash to cover all of the bills, especially credit card bills, it might be time to consider the financial tool of bankruptcy. And the first thing that you can do is you can give Brian A. Lowe and Associates a call at 702-259-0002, or you can check out their website at brianalowandassociates.com or southernnevadalawyers.com and book an appointment with Bob Wynn. Now, Bob, somebody comes into you and they talk about uh, their financial situation and you've laid it out for them. Um, you know, this is what I can do for you. Is, is the bankruptcy process an expensive process? Um, it, it's not. It, it's it is a system that uh, is is set up so that one can go through the process relatively inexpensively, mm-hmm. um, and the, which stands to reason. Which which it, the filing fees have significantly gone up over the, uh, the twenty last twenty five years, but right now the filing fee for a bankruptcy is. Chapter 7's a little more than $300, and a Chapter 13's a little under $300. Those are the filing fees that are filed to the court. And then the attorney's fees uh, are very reasonable because it's, 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 it's a matter of doing the, pretty much the same thing uh, every time, filling out forms. And right. it, it's a process that, um, 
that works really well if it's done right. Yes. And, you know, somebody like yourself who's done it for 25 years in Las Vegas and you're aware of all the changes in the law, um, it's something that you've gotten good at and it's something you've gotten efficient at. I would think, right? Yes, I've, I've filed thousands of bankruptcies, yes. Okay, so we're, you know, we're not talking about just going to your brother-in-law to help you file a bankruptcy. You're going to a professional and an expert, somebody who can really help you out. When you're talking about these changes in the laws, a minute ago you said something about a change in the 2005 law. Now, what, what changed most significantly, most recently with bankruptcy laws? Well, the big change in 2005 came about after uh, the credit industry had tried for 12, 15 years to to make it more difficult to file bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. There was a the credit industry, of course, thought it was too easy for people to file bankruptcy. Right. And they had been lobbying Congress for years, and they, and, and they finally were able to get enough votes in, uh, 2000, in the spring of 2005 to pass legislation that was in, literally intended to throw more roadblocks in front of people, making it more difficult and more expensive to, to file a bankruptcy. Okay. And they instituted, the biggest change, I think, is they instituted a means test. They they. There's two kinds of bankruptcies for individuals, a 7 and a 13. 7, uh, typically, you, you don't make any payments in a, in a bankruptcy. Right. And a 13, you make payments for a period of time, 36 to 60 months. And the credit industry thought that people were filing 7 when they could afford to pay a portion of the debt back. And so right. the, the, the chapter, the revisions in 2005 were really designed to push more people into 13s as opposed to chapter 7s. And how did they do that? What do, what do you have to do? Uh, they, the means test is uh, a, a process where the the, the uh, bankruptcy code was amended to to adopt certain living expenses that were reasonable and average in the area, and if your income exceeded that by mm -hmm. a certain amount, then there was a presumption that you could file a Chapter 13 and pay back a portion of your debt. Okay. Who determines how much of that uh, debt is paid under a Chapter 13? In a Chapter 13, the, the, the amount that generally determines it is is the debtor themselves based upon their income and the expenses. Okay. In the schedule and statements that are prepared and filed, uh, there's a list of income and there's a list of expenses, and the expenses are living expenses. Okay. And if the income exceeds the living expenses, there's, there's a presumption that that's a, a, an amount of income that can be distributed to the creditors okay. over a period of time. Now, who decides which creditor gets paid? Well, creditors are classified in, in, in different classifications. There, um, There's a category for administrative expenses, mm -hmm. uh, court fees, trustees' fees, some even attorneys' fees can be put into the plan and paid as an administrative expense. That's the cost of doing the bankruptcy. Okay. Um, secured debt gets paid first because secured debt is entitled to interest if there is sufficient security on the collateral to, to justify interest. So a car payment, a house payment? Car payments, house arrearages uh, can be put in as a secured uh, creditor. Mm -hmm. uh, priority is... a separate classification that can be uh, child support, uh, IRS debt. They get paid after the secure debt. Priority debt typically doesn't accrue interest. Okay. And so we pay that after the debt that is accruing interest. And then um, after that category, the unsecured non-priority is the, is the last category that they get what's left over. And okay. sometimes it can be... Just regular revolving debt credit cards and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, credit cards, um, uh, Unsecured promissory notes, um, um, it, you know, uh, store cards, any of that yeah, stuff. It, yeah, prom 
loans, medical bills. Medical bills are a huge factor in filing bankruptcy now because you go to the hospital and spend a day in the emergency room or the hospital or even a couple of days and you've got – without insurance, right. you've got a bill that most people will never be able to pay off. Oh, my gosh. So, so the, the categories are, are – the, the debt is paid off in that order. Okay. So um, when, when somebody's um, – is there – you said something earlier about a credit counseling that you have to go through as, uh, as part of the, the filing process. Is that new? The 2005 law required anyone that was considering a bankruptcy to get online, do a uh, credit counseling uh, class. It, 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 I understand it takes about 45 minutes. And then with that, you get a certificate um, that has to be filed with a petition. Mm-hmm. And then after the p- bankruptcy is filed, there's another class that you go through. And, and they, have, they have to be classes that are provided by various entities that have been uh, required, have obtained the proper uh, accreditation from the, the, the bankruptcy, the trustee. Okay. Uh, uh, U.S. Trustee's Office. Are these hard tests? Or are they something that you really no have tests. to... No tests. No tests. Just a matter of getting on there and filling out your financial information. Okay. And, and I have not yet ever had a, a client come in that was considering bankruptcy <laughs> that could not get that certificate. Okay. So it's... it's, it's <clears throat> excuse me. It was added as a roadblock, but it's not too big of a roadblock. It's block. not too big of a roadblock, but it does add costs. Okay. Uh, the, the, the cost of doing that uh, is paid to the provider that provides that service. Ah. And then, and so that added, you know, another 35 to $50 to the cost of doing the bankruptcy. Doesn't sound like a lot, but this stuff adds up. When, when you don't have a whole lot of money, it it, it can, it can be a lot. It takes, it might take a while for somebody to put that money together. So you've put together a plan with Bob Wynn at Brian Alo and Associates, and you've taken uh, your your credit counseling course, and you've filled out the means test. You're filing for bankruptcy. What comes next? Well, part of the 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 trick is to get the petition prepared um, and and do it pursuant to the bankruptcy code. Okay. Now there, everybody has assets. So assets can be exempt. Nevada has one of the, the, the most lucrative, the best exemptions in the country, one of the best. Okay. Maybe not the best, but we Pretty have darn a, good. We have great exemptions. Like what? Well, um, equity in a house okay. can be exempt uh, to over half a million dollars if you have a ha- a, a equity in a house. That's nice. An automobile to the value of $15,000, and if it's a married couple, you can have two automobiles if you've... You know, two people are working, you right. need two automobiles. Okay. Household goods are exempt. Pension plans, retirement funds, IRAs, 401ks are exempt. Tools of the trade. If you're a handyman and you've got to, to have tools of the trade to, mm-hmm. to do your work, those are exempt. Um, non-exempt assets are typically money in the bank. If you've got a savings account, right. that is an asset that the trustee is obligated to collect the non-exempt assets right. and then distribute those to the creditors. Okay. And so in a seven, that's what we call liquidation bankruptcy. They, they, the, the, the trustee who is appointed by the court looks at the schedules at a meeting with the trustee. They, they ask questions, and their obligation is to collect any non-exempt assets and distribute them to the creditors. What about personal belongings? I mean, just your stuff. 
that that usually falls falls under the category of household goods, okay, personal belongings. Those those things are exempt. A, a, a wedding ring is it is exempt. A firearm right. is exempt. Okay. Well, that's uh, that doesn't seem too bad. So, w- when when do, when in this process do you determine whether you're going to file Chapter Seven versus Chapter Thirteen? After we have had a chance to sit down with them and. Uh, we we go back and we look at all of the income that the debtors have earned in the six months prior to filing of the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. We times that by two, and that comes up with an annual number. And and based upon their household uh, size, we'll determine how much they can make and still qualify for a Chapter Seven. Okay, and uh, and that is that's. So you've done that, and has there ever been a, ch- a time when you've decided to file somebody for Chapter 7 and it somehow gets kicked back to you and says, no, well, you, this person needs to file a Chapter 13? Well, we, we generally know that when we're putting the information in. Okay. Um, when we put the information in, um, we know whether th- there is going to be a presumption of abuse. That's the term that the court uses mm-hmm. if, you're, if the income exceeds the, that amount that, that you're allowed to, to earn uh, and still file a Chapter 7. A, a single person, that amount is significantly less. Right. It, it goes up as the size of the household goes up. Okay. Family with seven kids, obviously their, their threshold for filing a Chapter 7 is going to be significantly greater than a single person. And, and that's what is done in the uh, attorney's office uh, with with the attorney and the paralegals, and and it shouldn't be left up to, uh, I mean, pe- individuals could go through, fill out the forms, file it, but it is a landmine, and even attorneys that need to file bankruptcy, that don't practice in bankruptcy, have to file hire a bankruptcy attorney, or they don't have to, but they do. When we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about those landmines with Brian Alo and Associates, Bob Wynn. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We're talking about bankruptcy today. If you have a question for Bob, give us a call at 702-257-5396. Right now, we've got a caller on the line. Stephen, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good show, too, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. What's your question? Okay, uh, scenario. I have an $80,000 lien against me with the IRS. It's been in a non-collectible state. And I'd like to know if I go into a seven, there's no asset, it's going to be a no asset case. If I go into a seven, how will that balance to the feds be handled? I know that it can be bankrupt, wiped out after a period of time. Would you share me with me your knowledge of that? since you practice this bankruptcy stuff, please? Well, the IRS has uh, special rules that apply to taxes. Generally speaking, um, if a tax was filed timely, the tax return was accurate, it was uh, for a tax year three years prior to the filing of the bankruptcy and there hasn't been an assessment within 240 uh, days prior to the filing of the bankruptcy, an IRS debt can be dischargeable. Now, Filing a lien kind of changes everything because now the IRS has a lien on any property that you might have. However, if... No assets, no property. Well... Uh, That was wiped out prior to the battle with the IRS, just just to help you out there. 
Okay, I, 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 you kind of broke up there a little bit, and I, I think you said that you don't have any assets. That, and, that and, and the lien will only apply to the assets that you own. So if the, if the taxes are dischargeable, not taking into account the lien, then that debt will be discharged. Uh, typically what the IRS will do is they will look at the schedules and statements and say, okay, you, you do have assets. Uh, and, and by the way, the exemptions don't necessarily apply to the IRS. If you have equity in the house and they have an IRS lien, that lien is secured to the extent of the equity of the ha- house right. even after bankruptcy. So the, the, the tax liability would be dischargeable um, except to the extent of any assets that are secured by the IRS lien. Okay. And I mean, I've, I basically was at 150 and pretty well wiped out everything to get down to where we're at now. So I have a If I came into your office today, other than the money I'd hand you and pay you for your services to file, the court filings, et cetera, that is what I've got. So I'm 100% broke. Well, no tell you what, Stephen, uh, do you have a pen with you? Oh, all right, yeah, I've got your, I got his number already. If that's what you're offering. Well, I was going to say, yeah, just uh, just call into the office and set up an appointment. Like I said, it's it's no cost to you to come by and talk. Uh, I think it might be a good idea. Yeah, but my question was, and I think you answered most of those. You have you had some of these scenarios? Have you been in court with these type of problems? All the time. Okay, because I'm looking for somebody that's already been down the road. I don't want to be working with somebody that's going to blaze it for the first time. No disrespect intended. <laughs> no, in fact, the reason uh, I, the reason I started into the bankruptcy area, I was working with an attorney who had has has his LLM in taxation, and we started out only doing bankruptcies for individuals that had tax liability, um, and so then of course we decided to expand the bankruptcy process and practice. Well, thank okay, you for your call, uh, Stephen. Uh, I don't want to type your show. Uh, I've got a lot of things to share with you, but I'll get with you to be about the uh, 10th next month. I'll make an appointment coming to see you. All right. Thanks sounds well. good, Steve. Thanks a lot, Steve. If you have a question for Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, please give us a call at 702-257-5396, or you can go ahead and book your no-cost consultation at 702-259-0002, the offices of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. So we were talking about Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. Somebody's in the middle of the process. They file. How long does it uh, take to get the answer? What uh, What's going to happen? Well, the process is, once we have the petition all ready to go, um, the we we can file it electronically mm-hmm. and uh, we push a button on the computer and the the bankruptcy is filed and as soon as that petition is filed there is an injunction that goes into effect it's called the automatic stay and it literally stops all collection action well almost all right. collection action against the the debtor and it gives them the opportunity the, a little breather so that we can go through the bankruptcy process and make sure everything goes according to plan Notice goes out to all the creditors. Um, there is a meeting scheduled with the bankruptcy trustee that happens 30 to 40 days after the petition's filed. At that meeting, um, the attorney, the client meet with the trustee, mm-hmm. and the tr- it's the opportunity for the trustee to ask questions uh, of the debtor about their financial situation. We so this all- is a face-to-face? It is a face-to-face. It, okay. It's, it's the, the, the debtor is put under oath, mm-hmm. um, and they answer accurately and truthfully uh, under penalty of perjury. But that is the time that the trustee will will find out, ask questions about anything they can't 
uh, determined from the information on the bankruptcy petition. Okay. Uh, they'll want to know if somebody has is got a personal injury action that they may be suing someone for an automobile accident. That that claim partially is exempt, but if it's a fifty thousand dollar recovery, mm-hmm. um, some of it, it will most likely go to the trustee to to distribute to the unsecured creditors. So a future claim could possibly be counted into it. Yes, when someone files bankruptcy in a Chapter Seven. Um, if they file bankruptcy on Monday and on Tuesday they hit the lottery, right. that asset that they have acquired is property of the bankruptcy estate. What's the uh, grace period after the time you file bankruptcy? Uh, generally, again, there's some rules that can change this, but generally it's uh, it's um, um, nine months. Okay. So, you know, I'm just curious, is, you know, is, is there ever a time that you're out from under that? Um well, yes. I mean, it, actually, it's 180 days, so it's six months. There's some other dates. Um, if there was fraud mm. committed, well, of course. the trustee can – that gets extended out. Right. There, there's some other dates that, that can come into play. And in a Chapter 13, um, it, there's a case law that says that anything that the debtor comes into during the, the term of the bankruptcy can, is considered property of the bankruptcy state. And it, Chapter 13 can go from anywhere from 36 to 60 months. So a person is in a Chapter 7 that you've filed for. You've met with the trustee, and you have filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy. What does that mean? You don't have to pay anybody back? What? No. um, If the bankruptcy is completed and a discharge is entered, Mm -hmm. dischargeable debts are discharged. Right. The debts that are dischargeable are typically unsecured debt, the visas, the MasterCards, the medical bills. Um, um, if a, a car lender has a lien on the car, mm-hmm. if the debtor doesn't continue paying the car payments, they have a right to repossess that. Somebody doesn't uh, continue, resume, or make their house payments. Right. Liens are not extinguished in bankruptcy. Right. So the debt that is dischargeable is typically the unsecured debt and... Um, that type of debt generally. But in the case of, say, an automobile, once the car is repossessed, the balance of that debt is discharged, correct? Balance is discharged because now it's an unsecured debt okay. because the creditor has taken the, the collateral and there is, it's, it, there's nothing to secure it after uh, okay. the repossession. So, you know, so you're, you've, you've, you've filed your Chapter 7, you're in the process, you've, every, you know, you've discharged all the debt that can be discharged, you're making the payments on what you can pay, now you're entering into this this era where you have filed a bankruptcy, and I, I think everybody has this nebulous idea in their head that this, oh, well, I filed a bankruptcy, so it affects my credit for seven years. Is that true? Is that is that... That's a huge misconception. Okay. Uh, number one, it's not seven years. Seven years is, is the length of time negative information can stay on your credit report. Right. Most negative information. A bankruptcy can stay on 10 years. 10 years. But that is not a bad thing. Okay. What happens when a person goes through a bankruptcy and gets a discharge, what they've done is they've eliminated all of their unsecured debt, and that is a signal to these credit vultures right. that they are now in a really good position to take on more credit. So, yeah, ironically, the people that you were in trouble with now have an opportunity to get you back into more trouble. Yes, and, and, and it's, it's, it's surprising how these creditors will beat a path to one's door to sign people up for credit. And, and it makes sense. You, you go through a bankruptcy, you eliminate your debt. The first thing 
someone in that position wants to do is reestablish a credit. Of course. They're going to be paying their bills on time, never miss a payment, and, and the credit industry has realized that they are a very lucrative market segment. Interesting. So you could end up getting a credit card from someone you just discharged a credit card from, possibly. Yes. yes. And, and, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, I have a lot of clients that will come back because it is so easy to fall into the same credit trap that they fell into before. We've got a question on the line from Mario. We'll be back in just a moment, and Mario's going to ask his question of Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question, give us a call at 702-257-5396. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking bankruptcy with Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Bob, give us a call at 702-257-5396. We've got Mario on the line. Mario, are you there? I am right here, Bob. Thank you. So, Hi, Mario. What can, uh, what can we do for you, Mario? What's your question? I just have a couple of general questions about the whole process of bankruptcy. Uh, first of all, in the bottom line, in the end, who eats those deaths? Second, uh, uh, I mean, this bankruptcy, it looked like almost, with some little exception of like medical expenses, something, it's more like encouraging some of your people to mismanage their money, and it's okay. In the end, nothing going to happen. Now, what's the negative impact on the bankruptcy in general? Well, there, there's several negative impacts. Number one, it is on your credit report for 10 years. Um, while that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't get credit, it is something that won't fall off for the credit report generally for 10 years. Um, the other negative aspects is that if you have any assets that are not exempt, you risk losing them. Um, if you have a painting that's worth $20,000 or $30,000 and, and, you know, it's, it's not an exempt asset set, the trustee will, will take that. If you have a, a boat, a, a ATVs, so those types of assets are, are not exempt and, and you risk losing them. Investments, maybe? Uh, investments. Uh, the only, investments are not exempt unless they're in a 401k or an IRA type of a, a situation. So, yeah, you, you there are significant um, um, drawbacks of filing bankruptcy, and bankruptcy is not for everyone. I, I Some clients come in and they tell me their situation, and I just tell them that bankruptcy is not their best option. Uh, and then we look at other options, such as perhaps settling with a, uh, a an aggressive creditor that may have filed a lawsuit um, to try to garnish wages, and and you know we can we can do that too. Okay, is taxpayers have any involvement paying part of this debt or not? Taxpayers, the the, the, um, the debt when the debt is just discharged, the creditor, which is typically the the um, the, the uh, the uh, medical prov provider or the credit provider, they don't get paid. Now, um, uh, that is reflected by the, by the, um, uh, in the creditors, for example, the credit card industry. Um, they charge a really hefty interest rate uh, to loan money, and they take into account that out of 100 
perspective uh, accounts, three or two or three may default and they're going to lose. So they adjust their business plan to to generate enough income and profit so that they can still make a profit. Um, with with IRS debt, um, the if it, that's a discharge, then the, of course the government doesn't get that, but at least the. Um, uh, the, the debtor is able to get out of some a massive amount of debt that, that they might not otherwise get out of. Well, and also, you know, spending helps the economy in general. Not that we're encouraging people to go into bankruptcy, but when, when somebody has the ability to lead a productive life after a bankruptcy, that's definitely better for the general public than it is for somebody to be mired in debt that they can never repay. Absolutely. I mean, like, you almost you have to choose between two options, one of them the least damaging one. Yes, we, we no longer have, or never did have a debtor's prison, so, so <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the best uh, solution to an, an unfortunate situation. Okay, that makes sense. It's the exception, not the norm very well. Exactly. And it is the exception. Um, like I said, out of the credit card industry, they, the default rate is, has been historically 2 to 3% default rate. And so I, credit card companies are not going out of business. Yeah, they're, they're making plenty of money. I mean, at least uh, the ones I have. They're yeah, making I, plenty uh, of money. Just one last question now. Uh, out of all these chapters' names, which one's the least damaging to the customer when they have to pick which one, 7, 11, or 13? Which this chapter is the worst or the... Oh, um, hmm. Good question, Mario. Uh, it, it really depends. I mean, a Chapter 13, like I said, is a bankruptcy that uh, requires payments for a period of 36 to 60 months. And if I were a creditor uh, considering extending credit, I would look at someone who has completed a Chapter 13 more favorably, perhaps, than someone who filed a Chapter 7. But that's that would be me if I were a creditor. Uh, creditors don't think that way, and that's why um, it it's just such a weird, bizarre situation that the creditors, the same creditors w- that made it tried to make it difficult for people to file a bankruptcy, are first in line to extend credit to someone who gets a discharge. It's just a bizarre situation. Well, they're just trying to make money. That's of course, right. of course. <laughs> They, and they know that that they're someone that has gone through a chapter thir- excuse me seven cannot file another chapter seven for eight years. They've got eight years that they're likely to be able to collect, and and so um, it it that's just the way it works. Well, they're going to offer them a twenty percent credit card, and then they're going to get their twenty percent instead of that payment that they didn't get when the person <laughs> filed the bankruptcy. That's, that's another <laughs> <laughs> But that's anyway, true. thank you, Bob. You've really been very helpful for us. Well, thank you for calling in, Mario. Thank you. Have a nice day, sir. Thanks. You too. So we're talking about the uh, discharge process. You've gone through your bankruptcy. You've, you filed it. How long does it take you for these bills to be discharged? In a Chapter 7, uh, again, the, the meeting with the, with the trustee takes place in 30 to 40 days. Uh, about 60 days after that, if, if the... The second credit counseling course has been done and filed and everything has been done according to the bankruptcy code. The discharge will come in the mail. And for all intents and purposes, the bankruptcy is over. Okay. However, again, if somebody were to hit the lottery in that framework, in that time frame, that six months after filing the bankruptcy, and the bankruptcy discharge comes in before that. Mm -hmm. But the bankruptcy trustee could go in, reopen the case, and go and collect the, the 
assets that were acquired that became part property of the bankruptcy estate. What about something like an inheritance or a life insurance, something like that? A, a, you know, a family member passes away during that grace period. Is that exempt or is that uh, an asset that can be uh, counted in the bankruptcy proceeding? Um, the it, We have a separate exemption for life insurance proceeds that, that make life insurance proceeds exempt. Okay. Um, in it, but in a Chapter 13, um, the those assets, even though they're exempt, they they play a role in determining what the debtor can afford to pay back to the to the creditors in that in that uh, three to five year period, and and it, that happens sometimes. Uh, someone will have a father or a relative pass away, leave them something, and that comes into the into the equation to determine what has to be repaid to the creditors if it's not an exempt asset. So, you know, you've you, everything's discharged. You filed your bankruptcy. It's on your credit report. You're now you've got a a relatively clean slate as far as your revolving credit goes. You've started over. That's the the, the goal of this process. What happens now? How do you? What do you do now? How do you rebuild? You 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 manage your finances so you don't find yourself in that same position. And and I had a, I can't remember who told this to me. Uh, this trick uh, years ago. Somebody says, look, you don't want to um, get in the same situation. It's good to have credit cards. Open a credit card account. Reestablish your credit. Put the credit card. And this is this is what I was told. That was done, and it, it, it worked great for this particular person. He got a, a, a gallon plastic jug, filled it with water, put his credit card in that jug, mm-hmm. put it in his freezer. Which, <laughs> and and what it did was that it made him think when he's out shopping. I said, wow, that's that $1,000 purchase is only $10 a month. Should I just, instead of just impulse buying, pulling out the credit card, right. you have to go and you have to thaw out that gallon jug with the water before you <laughs> take that credit card and do it. And then you, during that time, hopefully, you decide, well, maybe I don't need that brand new uh, refrigerator or whatever. I've abided by that rule for many years, and it saved me from so many big screen TVs. If it's a good idea today, it'll be a good idea tomorrow. <laughs> and, and probably be less expensive tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you, <laughs> 95% of the time, I think, you know what? No, I, I'm fine. I'll wait till that drops another $100 before I think about buying it again. So we've been talking about bankruptcy, Chapter 7, Chapter 13. Uh, do you need to file bankruptcy? Well, give Bob Wynn a call at Brian A. Lowe & Associates. The number to call is 702-259-0002. The initial consultation doesn't cost you anything. He just wants to get to know you, find out about your situation. Bob, thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. All right. We'll be back next week with Brian uh, Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates right here on Ask the Experts on AM 720 KDWN.